Authentic Chat Podcast. We are number 15. You ready to go, Corey? Yes, sir. This is going to be a good one, man. So we're in a new series, and what we do with Authentic Chat Podcast, so those that are new to listening or watching with us, mm-hmm. is that we take uh, Sunday's message and we bring it into the rest of the week. Uh, right. We just kind of... Uh, we've had a couple days to walk through it, digest it, mm-hmm. and now we're kind of just diving back into it, making sure you know, just getting to in the nitty gritty of it. Right. Uh, one, I will. I'm going to give the little sh- uh, little plug. Uh, we we have a, a connect group that meets on Thursday nights here at the church mm-hmm. uh, at 201 Stone Creek Road, and it is called Context. And it takes so all the stuff that is like when we get real deep into it and get into the geographical context and have a, a lot of fun because we're, we can't really, we, in the time limit we have tonight, we don't have all that much time to dive into those things. Mm-hmm. So we are going to talk about the the main points of Sunday's message because we're in a series uh, called Everyday Saints. And if you aren't a part of it, you need to become a part of our Everyday Saints Challenge. So if you are... Um, uh, all you have to do is text the number 740-265-3989 and text the word SAINTS to that number. Mm-hmm. And that'll get you into a group that we just will send out tidbits from yeah. the message and just some thoughts to keep you, you keep it fresh in your mind. Mm-hmm. And and again, bringing that through the rest of the of the week. So, right. Corey, why don't you why don't you tell them what we're in? Uh, you know, what what is this Everyday Saints series all about? Yeah, this is a fun one uh, coming off of the study series we did on the Book of Jeremiah, talking about taking everything that God is giving to us. And taking it into the week, yeah. treating Sundays not like practice, but or treating it not like it's the game day, but treating it like practice right. for the week, which is the game day. And so um, that's what that's what this series really is is walking us through is we being everyday saints, not just Sunday Christians, yeah. but Monday through Saturday Christians as well, following Jesus every day of the week and learning how to take our faith into our marketplace, yeah. taking it into where God's leading us, whether it's our school. In our household with our children, our families, um, students going into the different school districts, yeah. wherever it is that we go, that's our marketplace. And in fact, Acts seventeen seventeen, this is this is Paul uh, speaking of Paul. It says he went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. And if you really study this out, you know that Paul wasn't just there standing on a podium, you know, street preaching all the time. Yeah. But he was there actually working. He was there doing things with the people. Yeah. And in the business place and sitting down, having meals with them and walking with them, walking in the streets with them, being a disciple maker. And um, so that's what the series is all about, just being an everyday saint. Yeah. I, I love taking that, that whole thought daily going. So, you know, his Saturday going to talk to them, you know, to those, to the believers. Right. But then he would take it to uh, uh, the day-to-day into the marketplace. And yeah. that's what we're focused on is the taking the marketplace and turn it into our, our ministry. Yeah. And there's been a couple people that we've looked at so far. Right. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about... Um, um, Shifra and Pua. Timon and Pumbaa. Uh, <laughs> and then this week we jumped into uh, a new Everyday Saints, which is, uh, we gave, we're going to credit his name Eleazar, but in fact, in Genesis chapter 24, we don't get his name. Right. Uh, we kind of can look back at Genesis 15 and kind of assume we know who this is. Um, that is, it is Eleazar, but he, let me just dive through his story, which is mm-hmm. kind of like the real quick overview of what, who 
what takes place in Genesis chapter 24. So in Genesis 24, it says uh, Abraham was a uh, very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. So this is where we begin the conversation about who Eleazar is. We first have to know who he, who he serves is Abraham. So quick on Abraham. Context, context, context. So before we get the Eleazar, we got to get some talk about Abraham. So Abraham uh, was called out by God to go from where he was at in Haram. Uh, he came from Ur, Haram. Context, we'll talk about that in detail tomorrow, yeah. where he was at, what he was He's kind doing. of a nomad, really, for yeah, a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what he was. He lived as a nomad. Mm-hmm. And he leaves uh, his, his family and comes down to what the, where God had promised him the land, which mm-hmm. is Canaan, or today we'd call it Israel. Right. And so he's there, and then uh, during that time period, he ends up having this little run-in with the uh, Pharaoh in Egypt, and uh, Pharaoh has the hots for his wife, who Abraham calls his sister. Lots going on. Big, the big picture is Abraham steps out in faith, right. uh, and he's accredited with stepping out in faith as one who leaves his family, steps out, goes to an unknown land, not knowing where he's at, exactly is going, God blesses him through all of it and then promises him, hey, you're going to be the father of many nations because Father Abraham had many sons. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, as soon as that's in my head, it keeps <laughs> right going. Right arm, left arm. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of them and so are you. Uh, so, um, Yeah, I love that. Even though he makes mistakes constantly, God continues to say, no, I'm, I'm going to build a nation through you. Yeah. And I'm sure there was plenty of times when... He was ready to be like, Man, I don't know why you chose me, but <laughs> yeah, everything he does though, he's trying to do what it is that God's called right. him to do. So and he got honors that. Yeah, he, and he, he does, and he says, "I'm going to make you the father of many nations," and but he doesn't have a son until he's in his uh, over 100 years old. Uh, at one point, he's complaining to God, and this is actually where we think we know who, who this servant is in chapter 24 mm-hmm. of Genesis: is that God, Abraham's complaining to God, "Hey, if you don't give me a son, my oldest servant." Is Eleazar gives him the name is going to inherit everything that I own. Yeah, and so now we come to verse twenty-four. God gives him a son, miraculously mm-hmm. gives him a son. Uh, ask Abraham to sacrifice that son, which we're going to come back to in a little bit. Yeah. As he's about to sacrifice his son, God provides a, uh, the ram in the thicket for him. Yeah, all of this is playing, and Eleazar has seen. Everything that's taken place in Abraham's life, all these this journey of faith that Abraham has yeah, walked through. experience. So we, when we say he's been, he's very old and he's blessed in many ways. Eleazar's experienced the 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 years and the blessings. And then it says that uh, he says to, uh, take an, an oath by putting your hand. Uh, oh, it's, uh, <laughs> I skipped a part where he was. He calls him and says, "Take, I, want, I need you to take an oath." Yeah. Here, here's where I, I want you to do, and then I'll just give you the whole story. He go, he says, Eleazar, I want you to go back to my home where I'm from, to where my brother is, find a bride for my son, but don't take him there, and don't let him marry one of the, the one of the women here. Right. So I, I need you to go get that. And so Eleazar goes, well, if I can't, what if they won't listen? He's like, just go. the The angel that brought me here is going to guide you. Mm-hmm. And so Eleazar goes, okay, he loads up 10 camels, heads up 500 miles, takes at least, at least 21 days at that time period to get up to, uh, where his, uh, Abraham's brother was. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he gets there, he gets outside the city and there's, there's a well there 
and he's sitting outside the well and he prays to God, hey, I'm, I'm looking for a, a, a bride for my master's son. Uh, so I, I want her to be the one who I ask for a drink of water and gives me the drink of water and then goes above and beyond and says, I'll water your camels too, which is no small feat because mm-hmm. he's asking for somebody, a woman, to come in, give him a drink of water, which is typical hospitality of that time period would have been, that's normal. Mm-hmm. But then to say, hey, I'm going to take another at least two hours to take care of your camels, a stranger I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to volunteer myself to do that. So basically what he asks is I need, God, I, I want to find someone who has character. Yeah. And immediately before he's even done praying, uh, uh, the, uh, Rebecca comes in and there she is. She, she comes and she says, he asks her, Hey, can I have a drink? She says, yes, you can have a drink. She, then she goes, well, I'll water your, uh, camels, big party. Cause it adds in there that she was also very beautiful. <laughs> so inwardly and externally, this, just as nice as she was nice looking. Yeah. She's a 10 on 10, both inwardly outward. This is a win. It says that it was funny because the Bible says he was wondering if this could be true. Is this really happening? Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is a, he got yeah. everything he asked for and more. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's interesting that story that we see in the, what takes place in Eliezer's life is a couple things. And this is what I pointed out on Sunday was number one is that he witnessed Abraham's faith. Yeah. And I think that's vital to the story is that would he have been able to just go and say, Abraham, go, hey, I want you to do this. My angel will go with you if he hadn't first seen what had already yeah. taken place in Abraham's life. Right. So he's, as soon as he has, says, Abraham says, my angel is going to be with you. He's like, oh, I, okay, I got this. Right. And then the, sec- the second thing was that he committed. Faith commits. So because of what he saw, he was able to commit to Abraham and put himself in a position where he says, I'm going to follow what you're asking me to do. And so it puts himself under that submission says, it's a weird command. You're asking me to travel really far to find a woman. This is probably not going to happen, but okay, I'm still going to do it. Yeah. He makes it, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to commit to it. The third thing is that he didn't just say he was going to do it. He actually did it. Mm-hmm. So he steps out in faith and he begins this journey, 500 miles, 21 plus days to get to this place. And then finally, the th- uh, that I, I love this is that he gets to the place where he's where the uh, where, where the woman was going to be, and he asks of these high expectations, and not just average hospitality, mm-hmm. but above and beyond hospitality and mm-hmm. character. And so he doesn't just place an idea out there and just say, "Hey, I hope." That, you know, the next girl that walks by <laughs> or the, you know, the third girl that has her hair up in a bun. It wasn't, a, this was an extreme ask and he had a high expectation of what God would do mm-hmm. in this situation. When you witness high expectations and you've stepped out and you're fully committed, you're not going to have low expectations at that point. Yeah. When you walk with God, you know, moment by moment, you gain momentum, you know, and that's, that's, I think that's what he was experiencing in that moment is. It was not a question of, I, I don't really know what to ask. He's like, I'm just going to ask for these high expectations because I know God will deliver. Yeah. So we got, yeah, and it's, so it's pretty, pretty cool. So in Eliezer, we see these four things that uh, we see him, that he witnessed the faith. He committed to the to step out, to committed to do it, actually did what he was called to do, and then has these high expectations in faith. And so this, this is just a, a really 
awesome story from the Old Testament that we can pull from. Yeah, it's a it's a picture of what faith should be. Yes, yeah. that show me faith. And you you gave us that challenge on Sunday. Yeah, you you challenged us to look within ourselves and and find out do we have that show me faith? Have we witnessed the faith? Do we have those high expectations? Are we doing those things? Yeah. And um, it says here in Second Corinthians thirteen five, and we actually looked at this verse week one as well in this series it says to examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine test yourselves surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you if not you have failed the test of genuine faith and James talks even further about yes you got that verse there so you see faith by itself isn't enough unless it produce produces good deeds it is dead and useless yeah that's what self-explanatory. Yeah. So James, so Paul calls us out and says, "Look at, examine your faith." So then we're supposed to look at it, mm-hmm. and then here we got James says who uh, gives us some guidelines, and it's interesting how closely they are to the guidelines that we've already seen in the Eleazar, because that's wow. the truth about the Word of God is that it, this isn't two different books or sixty-six books, and like this is all intertwined, mm-hmm. leading us to Jesus Christ. And so James says, you, you see that your uh, that uh, faith by itself isn't enough. If if it doesn't, if you're not doing it, so you can say you could have witnessed it, you could say that you're uh, you're going to do it, mm-hmm. but if you don't actually do it, then it's you haven't. It's not real faith. It's not real faith. Yeah. He goes on. He says, uh, I, I, James is just. I mean, he's one of he's a toe stepper. He's a little blunt. Yeah. He he says now someone may argue some people have faith and others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they are tremble in terror. How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? And anything keeps going on. He says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham? And whoa, connected. Yep. Immediately, this is, I love this. We were just talking before the uh, we went on live is that you can't disconnect the, the no. Old Testament from the New Testament. The moment you do that, you, you lose the credibility of what you're studying in the New Testament. Yeah, exactly. And here it is. Yeah. New Testament, pointing back to the Old Testament, going, remember Abraham, our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when we offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone right. not by faith alone and essentially james is kind of saying talk is cheap yeah he says you can you can say all talk to me all you want about how much you believe well even the demons believe so that's not enough real faith show me faith is actions yeah and i, and I love what you said you talked a little bit about the shema which is which is an old testament again pointing back <laughs> to the one of the very first i think it is the very first prayer original scripture prayer given to the Jews to pray twice a day, morning and evening, and to teach us to their children. It talks about the Lord is one. You should love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor. Like, it goes on, and then Jesus points back to the Shema too, talking about the two greatest commandments, to love God and then to love your neighbor. Yep. It's all pointing back, and then when you look back, what you're reading is pointing forward 
to who God is. And you, you mentioned it, the Shema, the word itself means to obey. Yeah. Means to hear and obey. And hearing and obeying is completed faith. Because faith is not faith until it is action. Right. So it's completed faith when you obey. Yeah. Now, he, he, so we, we I, I, I just something just hit me because mm-hmm. with show me faith, so that James says, show me faith, you witnessed it. Yeah. We've witnessed what Jesus Christ has done for us. Mm-hmm. So and continue to witness. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen what God has done in other people's lives. Uh, so show me faith is witnessed. Then show me faith makes the commitment. Yeah. That for us is commit your lives to Jesus Christ. God, I'm, I'm going to follow you. Mm-hmm. I'm making you the Lord of my life. Mm-hmm. And then the show me faith will step out. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's stepping out and going, I'm not sure why I'm doing this or yeah. how I'm going to do this. But I, I believe I believe God's in this. Yeah. And so I'm going to step out. Right. Uh, and because you've witnessed it, because you've made a commitment, now you're actually doing it. And that's where the show me faith, that's where it actually becomes show me. Yeah. And this is where we need to have high expectations. Um, and so I think I, I just something just hit me, though. Obedience by itself is it, it gets lost and it becomes monotonous. And I, I'll give you an example. If I were to come home tonight from this event, you know, hanging out with you and doing the authentic chat podcast, mm-hmm. and I go uh, by the, the Bueller's and they've got the, uh, the beautiful flower arrangement, and I pick it up and I take it home, and I, I walk in the house and I give that flower arrangement to Jolene, and you know, she's like, oh, "Man, it's so beautiful! It's the colors I want, it's the flower I like, everything is just wonderful." You know, put it in the vi- in the vase, <laughs> set it out on, <laughs> out on the table. Um, it, I I did all that, and if I say to her as I do it, well, I have to. I'm your husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just what I have to do. Mm-hmm. It cheapens it. It's yeah. it's no longer out of because I want to. Mm-hmm. It's because I love you and I want to show you my love. It's just yeah. because well I have to because I'm I'm your husband. Yeah. And I I made a commitment when we got married that I bring you flowers every once in a while. Yeah. It, you know, it just it cheapens it. It's no longer relational, right? And, and that is the difference between religion and relationship, right? right? Yeah, it's not duty or obligation. It's I want to, I have to. Like, not I have to. I have to because I want to. Yeah, and that is that is the the missing link sometimes between people who are struggling in their faith, stagnant, stale. I mean, you mentioned Eleazar. It was because of his relationship that he had as a servant to his master, mm-hmm. Abraham, that he was able to do the things he was able to do. He was able to have those high expectations. He was able to be fully committed. He was able to take those steps and proceed on his journey because of the relationship. Yeah. What is it that God's calling us to do that we're, we're unsure about? Maybe it's stale. Maybe it's stagnant. And we're getting hung up there. Maybe we need to go back to the basics and ask ourselves, is this become religious? Is this become about I have to obligation, or is it about the relationship? If I need to make it about the relationship, because yeah. then everything else gets a little bit easier. Everything yeah. else gets a little bit, you know. Yeah, and it does. And I have to go out of my way too. By the like, if I'm going to go get flowers, because mm-hmm. it would cheapen it. Also, if I said, hey, 
I just happened to be running through Bueller's, had to pick up some other things, and these were extras, and they just gave them to me because they wanted to get them out of store. So uh, here you go. Yeah. Again, it cheapens. You don't it. say that part. No, because <laughs> God calls us to do these extreme calls of obedience, and that because I believe to for us to be able to demonstrate our willingness to follow Him, not for Him, but for us. Yeah. And so, hey, I, those of you that have joined us, I just want to close out this uh, this podcast with just giving you. You know, just a, the challenge to examine yourself, yeah. examine your faith. Uh, where are you, uh, and are you are you at a place where you're willing to step out? Or, you know, you've you've witnessed it, you've seen other people, you've seen the love of Jesus Christ. You've now made a, make a commitment to step yeah. out in faith. Actually, step out and go where God's been calling you to go. Yeah, and have the expectations that He's going to use you in those ways. Amen. So, hey, would yeah. you close this out in prayer? Absolutely. Lord, we just thank you once again, God, for this opportunity to to study, to go a little deeper, God, just to recall some of the things that you've challenged us on Sunday. God, we thank you for Pastor Josh. We thank you for the words that you've given to him that he shared with us. God, we pray that we continue to take the steps on this journey to become more like you, God, and to take our faith and to show it to those in our marketplace, God, wherever it is that you take us and lead us each and every day. God, help us to be everyday saints, everyday heroes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.